Welcome to Beyond the Field, a property and finance series powered by Money Empire. The content you're about to hear is designed to educate and inspire you to tick off your property and finance goals. And when we say beyond the field, we mean your field, whatever that may be. Money Empire is an experienced financial advisory firm with over 10 years experience. We deal in this world day in, day out and want to give you, the loyal listener, exclusive access to behind the scenes of the property and finance industry. We've helped thousands of clients with their financial journeys, everything from first home buyers right through to managing clients with extensive property portfolios from New Zealand and abroad. Each week, BTF includes special guest episodes. We chat with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, sports stars, and the stories of everyday people. Now it is your turn to take back control of your future. So kick back and absorb. And I'm here with Shane Rhodes from Lateral Lawyers. How are you, bud? Yeah, really good, mate. Really good. Trying to make the most of this uh, slightly challenging situation. Absolutely. For all the listeners out there, um, Shane has obviously a law firm um, that he started uh, here in Auckland, but services clients uh, from all around around the country. And um, Shane's jumping on to provide some expert expert advice in the legal sector for us, not just on property, um, but uh, and everything else that sort of goes along with it. So, Shane, today we thought we'd talk about, um, I suppose, what commercial contracts uh, and the um, impact COVID's had on these in these times. So the most advertised or um, the, the contract that's got the most attention in the media um, in this regard was the MetLife Care case. That was obviously a massive um, subscription for shares, a takeover essentially of uh, the... MetLife Care brand or business in New Zealand. And um, there was what they call a material adverse change clause in that contract. And what that meant was that the purchaser under certain circumstances was able to terminate the contract. And then there was a threat of a high court uh, proceedings being filed um, for purported wrongful termination, i.e. no proper basis to terminate by MetLife Care. But just speaking more in the area that we act in and what most people out there will be doing, that's a, a good metaphor, a good example for what's going on thousands of times over with commercial contracts in New Zealand. And a lot of these contracts don't have such a big, uh, such a uh, broad basis for potentially terminating. So it's about, um, yeah. Quickly, when you say material adverse change, is that specific in this case to COVID? It wasn't. And, you know, and, and I don't think anyone, unless they actually had the old time machine um, from the movie, actually would have seen this coming, a black swan event, which happens every, what, couple of hundred years at the most, um, would have actually tailored, had a clause tailored specifically to COVID, but it would have just referred to an event which uh, had the effect of, it's almost like an act of God clause, that's something that no, neither party would have foreseen, which which changes the, the the economic bargain and the contract so drastically that but for this event happening, one or both of the parties wouldn't have continued or wouldn't have contracted to complete a purchase in the first place. Okay, and dulling it down further for our listeners, explain a commercial contract, just in real basic terms. It's any agreement whereby the supply of 
an asset is exchanged for consideration. So in layperson's terms, usually for money. It's sometimes it's an exchange of, of supply of, of an asset for another asset. But broadly speaking, it would be party A will supply party B and party B will give an agreed price. And if we're talking about a property exchange, this is done for a sale and purchase contract. That's right. Okay, so if we're just, just touching on property for a bit, because a lot of our listeners are in property, if I signed uh, an unconditional deal um, going in and settlement was happen- meant to happen in COVID, and there, there had been material change where I either couldn't settle on that property for whatever reason, what are some of the issues or what are some of the things people are doing or trying to get out of these contracts with? Well, with MetLife Care and material adverse change, because it's a complicated business and because there's a lot under the hood, so to speak, which a purchaser looked into during its due diligence, but then maybe later it turns out not to be no longer the case, that material adverse change was designed to give that purchaser an ability to not purchase anymore because of something like COVID. With the sale and purchase of residential property, for example, that it's because it's uh, bricks and mortar and land that the argument that what you've purchased no longer is worth the consideration paid for pre-COVID or before anyone knew of COVID doesn't carry as much water. So disputes around residential sale and purchase agreements are more likely to be centred around whether a purchaser contractually or a vendor for that matter can be required or compelled to settle during the uh, level two, three, or four of the lockdown issued by the government. Can I ask you this, on a a property settlement, let's say I bought a property six months ago, no no sign of COVID being across New Zealand. I bought a property six months ago, went unconditional, but I I had a long settlement. So I had a six month settlement to settle on this property because the vendors wanted six months to find another house or whatever. In that time, all I needed to supply was to, to the finance company or the bank, um, updated income to verify that nothing has changed. In that time, COVID hits, I lose my employment. And all of a sudden, I can't prove my income to service that debt. What, what does the purchaser have to get out of an unconditional contract or what is going to happen from this point? That's a really tricky question and you've really put me on the spot. There, so let's just I'll work through this the same way I probably goofishly and awkwardly do for my clients when I'm arming and houring my way through something. So you've got a contract between a vendor and a purchaser entered into six months prior to COVID, yeah. and no, neither party had any clue it was coming. Yeah, um, yeah we always have in our letters to purchasers in the situation they need to be aware that the bank can actually y- yank out their yeah. offer because they're monolithic in their banks and they're <laughs> that you know, it's the way it's you know been since Adam played fullback oh sorry uh, Joe Bloggs you can no longer have funding oh wait a minute I'm under a conditional contract the short answer uh, and the practical answer is that it is very difficult for a purchaser in that situation under the contract the doctrine of frustration which is a really technical legal argument probably wouldn't apply here and it hasn't been tested in terms of saying I just can't complete because of the on again off again nature of COVID and it's it's been so drastic to affect my position and it's not even actually the vendor that's done anything it would be in this case the bank a third party that's a really tricky question to answer 
my practical advice to a purchaser, if they came to me with that very problem, yeah. would first of all, to try it on with the bank, or well, not try it on, to try and go to the bank and say, um, look, I am in a precarious position. This likely is going to pass. I am a good person. You approved me in the first place. I had good income. I've had a good career. And based on that, I really need you to go and talk to whoever you need to within the bank to be able to give me this approval. Um, the second thing I would do, and I'd probably run this as a strategy at the same time I ran the approach to the bank, would be to go to the vendor and, and have a plea of clemency or a, a plea for some relief because of this situation. Because while the vendor can take 10%, up to 10% of the purchase price or and or sue for the, the resale value if it's, if it's less within 12 months of the settlement date, a vendor trying that on in the current climate, particularly if um, you know the, the agent also puts their hand down and wants the deposit, uh, sorry, wants the um, commission paid out of the deposit, it would probably be best for a purchaser and their lawyer to go to the bank and to the vendor and say, come on guys, I know contractually within that quite narrow ambit pre-COVID, this wasn't foreseen um, and hasn't been dealt with and I don't have a leg to stand on. However, let's try and uh, be as reasonable as possible here because this deal is going to go through, albeit not now. I suppose uh, a bit of um, common sense has to come into play, a bit of sympathy and empathy from both parties have to. And yep. like you mentioned before, this is once in a lifetime uh, pandemic yep. we will see or ever yep. come across. And we've had yep. two lockdowns that we've never seen before happen yep. in the space of six months. So yep. it has to be common sense that prevails and almost legality possibly goes out the yep. window a little bit and um, yep. a little bit of common sense comes into play. So I suppose if we then flip the switch on this and look at the, get away from the negatives and look, look at the positives, what's some, what, what are opportunities that come out of these circumstances that you see? Well, let's just look at it, first of all, for a cashed up purchaser, maybe an expat coming back wanting to buy a business. If a vendor has a very good business but maybe hasn't had it prepared for sale and they're maybe 57 years old and they don't have some of the processes or structures documented particularly well, the, the, the marketability of that business or the, the um, asking price is probably going to be, well, there's a good chance it'll be undervalued compared to what the business is worth. So a good purchaser with a capable accountant lawyer and a good business broker on the deal that knows their staff and a good banker, that team could come together to pick up some underpriced assets because people that were maybe thinking of sailing off into the sunset at 57 and thought maybe we'll hang on for two, three more years of maybe half a million or a million dollars uh, you know, of um, after-tax income a year, now they're maybe going, I don't know how long this is going to go for and I've got enough money. We don't need this anymore. We don't need the stress. So for those purchases, this could represent a real opportunity. So what you're saying is um, a rushed, unforeseen sale in any type of asset class is potentially, if you're a purchaser that's cashed up, is a great buy. Yep. And and the and if the rush is coming for from non-commercial reasons, i.e. lifestyle reasons, for those people to want to get out, and it had nothing to do with any issue with the business, the business was otherwise sound, but for COVID, that could be a really good asset to pick up at the moment. Absolutely. Shane, appreciate uh, you joining us on BTF and um, 
for all the listeners out there, if you have any uh, legal questions on on anything, um, private message us or jump on our platforms, let us know, and we're, we're happy to uh, host some podcasts on this, but Shane will be a resident on our show to come on, um, uh, often to to talk about some legal issues in, uh, in the commercial space as well. So ch- Shane, cheers for your time. Yeah, just don't put me on the spot like Kane did, and we'll be great. <laughs> Thanks, mate. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on this episode and hundreds more, you can visit us at Beyond the Field Podcast on all social platforms. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Now it's your turn to take control and build your empire beyond your field.